Glory to Christ who is preached among the nations and believed on in the world. Welcome to the first worship podcast for 2021 from St. Mary Anglican Church in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Today is the first Sunday after Christmas. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. We thank you, O God, that you have again brought us together on the Lord's Day to praise you for your goodness and to ask your blessing. Give us grace to see your hand in the week that is past and your purpose in the week to come. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, as we turn our hearts and minds to worship Almighty God, let us confess our sins. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Merciful God, grant to your faithful people pardon and peace, that we may be cleansed from all our sins and serve you with a quiet mind. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us pray. God of power and life, the glory of all who believe in you, fill the world with your splendor and show the nations the light of your truth. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading is from Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses 7 to 14. For thus says the Lord, Sing aloud with gladness for Jacob, and raise shouts for the chief of the nations. Proclaim, give praise, and say, Save, O Lord, your people, the remnant of Israel. See, I am going to bring them from the land of the north, and gather them from the farthest parts of the earth, among them the blind and the lame, those with child and those in labor, together a great company. They shall return here. With weeping they shall come, and with consolations I will lead them back. I will let them walk by brooks of water, in a straight path in which they shall not stumble. For I have become a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations and declare it in the coastlands far away. Say, He who scattered Israel will gather him, and will keep him as a shepherd a flock. 
For the Lord has ransomed Jacob, and has redeemed him from the hands too strong for him. They shall come and sing aloud on the height of Zion, and they shall be radiant over the goodness of the Lord, over the grain, the wine, and the oil, and over the young of the flock and the herd. Their life shall become like a watered garden, and they shall never languish again. Then shall the young women rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old shall be merry. I will turn their mourning into joy, I will comfort them, and give them gladness for sorrow. I will give the priests their fill of fatness, and my people shall be satisfied with my bounty, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Our psalm is Psalm 147, verses 13 to 21. Worship the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. For he has strengthened the bars of your gates. He has blessed your children within you. He has established peace on your borders. He satisfies you with the finest wheat. He sends out his command to the earth, and his word runs very swiftly. He gives snow like wool. He scatters hoarfrost like ashes. He scatters his hail like breadcrumbs. Who can stand against his cold? He sends forth his word and melts them. He blows with his wind, and the waters flow. He declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and his judgments to Israel. He has not done so to any other nation. To them he has not revealed his judgments. Hallelujah. Let us pray. God of the universe, Lord of light, give us grace to see you in all your works, in all creatures, all people, and in our hearts, that we may faithfully serve you and worthily praise your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The second reading is from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and insight he has made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance towards redemption as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the Church. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. 
What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or by the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. The Gospel of Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. A few years ago, I served in a Lutheran parish here in Winnipeg. And unlike here at St. Mary, we didn't run a food bank, but we did collect food for Winnipeg Harvest, and we stored it in a side room at the church. Um, We did that until the truck came to pick it up. And quite often, people would stop in at the church and ask to take some of what we had. And there was one gentleman who came in quite regularly. His name was Reggie, and he usually came in near the end of the month when money was particularly tight. He was underemployed, relying on temporary work to get by. Finding steady employment was a challenge for him, for various reasons, and he often had to make the tough choice between buying food or paying the rent. He was grateful that there was a place close by where he could come and get the nutrition he needed to tie him over. After about a year of his regular monthly visits, he stopped coming in. It was three or four months before I saw him again. Then one afternoon he knocked on my office door and he asked if I could go out with him to his car and give him a hand with something. And when we got there, he popped the trunk and inside were four large boxes filled with canned food, cereal, baby food, pasta. There was even a couple of packages of diapers. I haven't been around for a while, he said. I found a full-time job and it pays pretty good. I'm finally getting ahead of things for the first time in a long time. And I want the church to take this stuff so that anyone who needs help can get it. And the word became flesh and lived among us. Compassion had become flesh in Reggie. So had generosity and love became flesh. And there, my friends, is the Christmas story. That's the story that John tells in the prologue to his gospel, which we just read. On Christmas Eve, we heard a different account, and that was from Luke. And Luke tells it much differently. Different, but the same. One account isn't better than the other, it's just different. 
The way Luke tells it, we hear a story about Mary and Joseph making an arduous trip to Bethlehem because the government, that is Caesar, wanted to count heads in order to make his tax collection more efficient. We hear of shepherds getting the shock of a lifetime when an angel shows up, along with some of his buddies, and he tells them that there is good news. A newborn is lying in a feeding trough. We hear words like this day and this thing that has happened and this child. But John takes a different approach. It's more of a cosmic one. It's a story that stretches back to the very beginning of things. The word becomes flesh, he says. Light shines in darkness. If you turn to the very first words of the Bible, you'll notice that they are identical word for word. In the beginning. Luke shows us a newborn child, a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. John tells us that we have been given the power to become children of God. Luke gives us the facts, the play-by-play. John shows us why it happened. The word flesh that John uses in the Greek text is an interesting choice, and I think he chose it deliberately. It's a harsh-sounding word, sark. And its meaning is harsh as well. If you were a Greek Stoic reading this, it would conjure up a pretty unflattering picture, that word, sark. Because it's a word that describes depravity or something unsavory. As one commentator puts it, it's like God is crawling into our sewer in order to drag us out of the sewage. And that's why John chose it, I think. Chose it to give us a clear picture of what God has actually done by taking on our humanity. Paul uses the word as well to talk about our weaknesses as human beings. John tells us that God has climbed into the mud with us. When we hear about the word becoming flesh and living among us, of course, we tend to think that it's about Jesus. And I can agree with that. It is about Jesus but I don't think it's exclusive to Jesus. Is Jesus the only one in whom the word became or can become flesh? What about us? You and me? What is this power John talks about, the power to become children of God? What about the word becoming flesh in us? What about Reggie? I once heard a bishop say, we are not just an Easter people, you know. We are also a Christmas people. He was pointing out that God's incarnation, the embodiment of God in human life, isn't limited to Jesus. Jesus is the pattern of what the Word in the flesh looks like. And if we look at that picture, we can recognize it in ourselves and in each other. Jesus made the Word flesh throughout his life. In him we see forgiveness, love, and mercy. We see peace and gentleness, wisdom, compassion. We see generosity. As Jesus himself said, he is our way, our truth, our life. When we look at Jesus, we can see just who we are and who we can become. If you go back and read the prologue to John's Gospel, you'll notice that he speaks about becoming or coming into being five times. That's how important he believes it is. When John tells the Christmas story, he isn't just giving us a play-by-play. He's telling us something more. 
He's telling us about God calling for the Word to become flesh, insisting, in fact, insisting that the Word comes into being in each of us. Just suppose that is what is going on in Christmas. Just suppose God is calling each of us and is waiting for our response. Just suppose that the Word of God can exist, wants to exist, needs to exist in our flesh. Just suppose God wants this to happen to the same extent as it does in Jesus. Suppose all that and then look at your life, the people, the relationships, the circumstances. Suppose all that and then ask yourself, what's happening? What is God insisting on? What word is calling for existence in you today? And the word became flesh and lived among us. It did in Jesus, it did in Reggie, and it does in you and me. And now to God the Creator, God the Redeemer, and God the Sanctifier, all might and majesty, dominion and power, now and forever. Amen. Let us confess our faith as we say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, He rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. In peace we pray to you, Lord God. For all people in their daily life and work, for our families, friends, and neighbors, and for all those who are alone. For this community, our country, and the world. For all who work for justice, freedom, and peace. For the just and proper use of your creation. For the victims of hunger, fear, injustice, and oppression. For all who are in danger, sorrow, or any kind of trouble. For those who minister to the sick, the friendless, and the needy. For the peace and unity of the Church of God, for all who proclaim the gospel and all who seek the truth. For Jeff, our bishop, and for all bishops and other ministers, for all who serve God in the Church, for our own needs and those of others. Hear us, Lord, for your mercy is great. We thank you, Lord, for all the blessings of this life. We will exalt you, O God, our King, and praise your name forever and ever. We pray for those who have died in the peace of Christ and for those whose faith is known to you alone, that they may have a place in your eternal kingdom. Lord, let your loving kindness be upon them, who put their trust in you. Gracious God, you have heard the prayers of your faithful people. You know our needs before we ask, 
and our ignorance in asking. Grant our requests as may be best for us. This we ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplications to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together, you will hear their requests. Fulfill now our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come eternal life. For you, Father, are good and loving, and we glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, in the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Gathering our prayers and praises into one, let us pray as our Savior taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the Church and in Christ Jesus, forever and ever. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you now and always. Amen.